you pulled out different research studies, articles that caught your eye. And as I was putting them together and adding mine, it seemed that we had a bit of a, a theme running, which wasn't really intentional. But what's coming out of this is really about the brain and how, how the human brain is wired. Um, some of the topics we're going to be looking at today is even at rest, our brains prepare us to be social and how a new study sheds light on why Facebook is perhaps a popular diversion for people who feel like taking a break. Also, what we're going to start with is humans seem hardwired for multiple romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's it's quite interesting. You know, the brain, as much as we think we know about it, we actually don't know that much. I mean, we know how it functions. We know where certain parts of the brain do certain things. But then there's still so much about the brain we do not know. And one of the things that um, we talk about in terms of brain and relationships is that we always process things differently. And we know that each individual processes things differently. But even more so, men and women think of things differently. They process information differently. They feel differently. They consider things differently. And that, of course, always contributes to um, good things or, or negative things in a relationship. And when it comes to um, being hardwired for multiple relationships, it's not multiple concurrent relationships, just so we're clear. It's more on the lines of learning to sort of go, you know, go from one relationship to another. It's about our brain, how it adapts. It's about our brain, how we can get over and move past certain types of relationships and essentially all relationships. Okay, that's interesting. And so it's that transition period from a breakup or a breakdown in a relationship and how you recover from that and then move on. And it was very interesting reading to see how people approach that differently, react differently, respond differently Mm -hmm. and behave differently uh, when a relationship has broken down, when you've moved out of a relationship. So we'll have a look at that in a moment. So how we're wired, why people break up and also understanding each other better. And we're going to be sharing a story of a gentleman who wrote very candidly, actually, an article on how he misunderstood relationships with women, how he always thought that women's biggest fear was aggression in men, and how he came to learn that why he was trying to make women feel safe in his company, he actually ended up isolating himself from the partners that he had, even to the point where he said he feels that he lost the love of his life because uh, in trying to behave one way, he actually didn't make her feel safe. Uh, So it's a really interesting article and it kind of turns a few things on its head in how we perceive relationships, being in a relationship with the opposite sex. So we'll explore that in a little while as well. So fear is a big part of what people deal with in relationships. So what's your biggest fear when it comes to to your relationship. We'd love to hear from you this morning on 4001. Um, maybe uh, if you want to be anonymous, you can be, you can remain anonymous, but you know, share with us what you at the moment is f- feeling insecure about. What would you say is the thing that you fear the most within your relationship? And when you're looking at how we understand each other, I was looking here and, and one of the quotes I found was, uh, you might think she wants your car, your money and gifts, but the right woman wants your time, your smile, your honesty, your effort, and you choosing to put her as a priority. So that's something else we're going to be exploring this morning on how we're different and what we think our partner wants or the opposite sex wants. Actually, they can be two very different things. So how do we tell people what we want and communicate better with each other is what we're going to explore this morning. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the most interesting things is a lot of the relationships uh, couples I work with, they, they come in with the same sort of um, issues where they say, you know, that's that was never my intention. My intention was to do something pure versus the behavior came out the complete opposite. And so what I tell people in, in certain situations, the intention is not what matters rather the the behavior rather the the um the action that's taken place because that's what people see and that's what people really hold on to and 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 interestingly enough that's what women hold on to more than men men like the intention they also like the action but they also um appreciate the intention women don't after a while they say we don't want the words we want the actions we want the proof that your intent exists so perceptions you know it's all about perceiving it's all about looking at things from your own perspective it's about changing your perspective in order to really understand how to communicate better in a relationship um it's about how to understand how to communicate because that's one of the biggest difficulties that people have because obviously when you're in a relationship you can get very emotional and when you get very emotional sometimes the communication breaks down not all the time but sometimes it can so it becomes very tricky <laughs> it's you know relationships in general are very tricky and you know you're with a completely um new human being different from yourself complete new individual and then you put people together in the same house the same sort of you know environment they're they're in their each other's face almost 24 7 so it's 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 an it's a nav- navigation system basically you have to learn how to navigate it so how's it going for you in your relationship what would you say are the biggest differences between you and your partner what do you disagree about the most and also fear do you have fear within your relationship what worries you what are you fearful of within your relationship let us know on four zero zero one when we come back we'll take a look at this story uh this person writing in uh, the elephantjournal.com and uh the one thing that women are afraid of in men and it's not aggression interesting article as i said a very candid piece very honest piece from this gentleman about really sort of documenting the relationships he's had in his life and why perhaps they haven't worked out and how his intention was good but he's begun to realize that actually the way he behaves around women isn't exactly what the perhaps they would like one text message came in already uh, saying that uh, financial dependency is their greatest fear and you know this is something that's not very uncommon um, with uh, a lot of women that are married especially women that used to be working women and then once they got married and had children stopped working and then became financially dependent on their husbands this is a fear that they have because they say well if something happens, how will I be able to take care of myself? How will I be able to take care of the kids? And so they worry about these things. They worry about what the future brings. And also, on top of that, there there seems to be a difficulty with a lot of women once they start, um, w- once they stop working, is that they feel um, sort of useless, sort of uh, you know without purpose. And so they that you know builds and it builds and then they say well i don't really have uh, a, a role mm. what is my role so, a sense of identity right yeah. exactly what is my sense of identity anymore because i used to be a working woman now i'm just a stay-at-home mom because they don't see how important their job is at home and they forget that a job is not necessarily over always paid and the mother by far is the is the most underpaid job on this planet right but, um, but it's also how other people perceive you isn't right it? exactly exactly and, I'll, and you know you'll have that well you hear a lot of people say uh oh you're working uh, you're you're a stay-at-home mom 
and, and they'll put that condescending tone to it. And so that breeds more fear. Okay, well, what happens if, you know, he decides to leave or what happens? And this can happen vice versa if the woman is working and the man is at home as well. And that financial dependency is because they feel that, well, what if something happens? And it may not necessarily be leaving. It could be if there's a death in the family or, you know, so what happens to me afterwards? So fear, what are you fearful of in your relationship? And also, what are the differences? What do you see as your differences between you and your partner? Well, one uh, Robert Jordan, you know, said... Any fool knows men and women think differently at times, but the biggest difference is this. Men forget, but never forgive. And women forgive, but never forget. Let's take a look at this story, Thraya. Um, The one thing that women are afraid of in men, it's not aggression. And this is by Brian Reeves. And he writes uh, very openly about his life and his... uh, Well, his impression of what he thinks women are fearful of. He says, I used to think women were only afraid of aggression in men in all its form, whether it was anger, rage, physical violence, verbal abuse, sexual aggression. And I grew up with all kinds of conflicting social messages about the wrongs and subtle rights of violence against women. Uh, With three sisters and two mothers married to my two fathers, I learned early there was something inherently special about women, that, that they were different from men, not just in their body parts, but in essence. I knew they should be protected and respected. In addition to the daily masculine aggression towards women I encountered outside my home, I also watched my alcoholic stepfather terrorise my mother, me and two sisters, with an explosive rage. Um, He's 21 years sober now and a good man. Seeing these beautiful, brilliant women in my life routinely recoil in the, fear, in the face of a horrifying masculine aggression only reinforced any ideas about a woman's singular fear. So this impact his youth had on future relationships that he went on to uh, have an encounter with women. I learned to loathe the thought of making a woman feel unsafe in my presence. I wanted to make women feel good, to like me, and I had seen how aggression made them not feel good, how it made them hate a man so I did my best to never express aggression with a woman even sexually I shut down towards women for fear that my desire would be interpreted by them as aggression and throughout my dating life and well into relationships until I was 100% certain a woman welcomed the next step from me I would not proceed with a next step a woman had to practically invite me and to really make it clear to me and give me really obvious signals for that so I would reprimand myself I would keep myself very close all in a bid to appear non-threatening to a woman. Now I'll continue with the rest of the story, but at that point to just get your thoughts, Dr. Thoraya. So we're getting, you know, where he's getting his ideas of what he doesn't want to be to a woman, how he wants to be liked by women, but actually is getting it wrong. He's misunderstanding what or how to be in a new relationship. Right, because you know, one of the most important things about people to understand is that their initial understanding of what a relationship should look like comes from their parents, from their caregivers. And they have they they look at their parents or their caregivers and they say okay this is what a relationship is and whether it's a good one or whether it's a destructive one this is what they think the relationship is so what they usually do is that they go one of two ways either they try to identify and be like their parents 
or they try to go very far away from their parents. So obviously in this case, he tried to move far away from what he saw with his father, which was that aggression towards his mother and his sisters and himself, of course. So he tried to push and he went to the extreme. And the extreme was to be so accommodating, to be so, um, you know, there and present in, in the sense that every, whatever you want is yours. And I'm not going to push. I'm not even going to be uh, involved. I'm going to sort of whatever it is that you need for me, you let me know. Mm. Because he had that fear of any type of aggression. Mm. And so he went to the other extreme of that. And that that was ultimately what ended up ruining his relationships. Yeah, he says that as much as you know, he was obviously wanting to be nice and good, he felt and he was present, but he actually taught himself to disappear is how he describes it to save the woman from what i thought was her fear of my aggression Mm -hmm. so he's almost being so passive that you can't ever think that i'm being aggressive or a bad or i'm a bad man i'm a good man Um, but actually what he goes on to say is the relationships kept failing because he wasn't uh, and and he did start to have issues with commitment and he and he said i fought you know with one partner uh, long and hard and uh, she would actually almost want to have an argument would battle for a response from him would you know needle him to get any kind of emotional reaction from him and he wouldn't cave into that because he didn't want her to think that he was being aggressive right and 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 that's the thing i mean with him he what he did was that he said okay i don't want to be i don't want to ever seem that i'm aggressive so i'm just going to back off of everything and so when she you know we call that sort of defense mechanism reaction formation where you're doing the complete opposite she she doesn't want him to get aggressive but she's creating drama to get some sort of rouse out of him to get some sort of reaction out of him because she wants him to to she wants to see that he's involved she wants to see that he is he will fight for this relationship she wants to see that he will provide her with a sense of um i'm here i'm here and, and I'm, I'm not going to leave exactly yeah that uh, fear of abandonment um he says i realize now with the perhaps the, the you know the love of my life who i lost was simply screaming out of her fear uh, desperate for me to step up strong and claim her heart <laughs> to let her know without a doubt that i'm here not going anywhere that she's safe in my love to simply reassure her deeply that i got her and i get her and i won't let anything bad happen to her it's like this sense of security she needed to feel secure with him and that she wasn't going to he wasn't going to leave her she had issues with abandonment she'd had a rough time and so where she's creating these arguments he took that as a way of sort of either backing down or running away he looks back now and realizes he should have stuck it out and stepped up and been there for her and understood her uh, frustration was because she was fearful that he was going to leave and what happened he left anyway right and what and ironically that's usually what happens in most relationships what they fear the most actually happens because the behavior that they do is it, it it's almost like they perceive it as they're doing the opposite of what may lead to that but it actually leads to that anyways and so a lot of people when they say well you know i want to re- uh, maintain peace they say, I want to maintain peace in the relationship, so I'm not going to argue. Yeah, I don't want conflict. Exactly. I don't want drama. I don't want to deal with the drama, so I'm not going to argue. I'm just going to walk away. 
And by walking away, it's actually the, one of the most powerful things you can do is just walk away from a person because it just, it makes them feel so alone. It makes them feel so insecure and it, and it makes them even more fearful that in times of turmoil, you will continue to walk away. Mm, and the next person, the next relationship right. you get into. So interesting area, isn't it? Your thoughts on this story on 4001 and uh, how he's now come to realize in retrospect what his sort of path has been when it comes to relationships and how he's trying to fix that and make himself more available emotionally mm-hmm. and I think it is difficult for I think it's difficult for both men and women in relationships but certainly when it comes to the idea of how men should behave with a woman how men how women want them to behave is a mystery to many and after you know centuries of trying to figure it out we're still trying to figure it out but now we're in a world where we can be more open and talk more about these things Mm -hmm. and i think from from some men welcome that to be able to give their point of view other men dread the thought that they've got to sit and talk to their partner about how they feel right and you know what's really interesting is that most women and men in in all relationships they do not mind speaking and and communicating but what they are fearful of and this is something that usually women are more guilty of is the long sort of droned out conversation you know that that two hours that can really be discussed in a matter of two to three minutes and and you know some some research shows that the male attention span for a very serious conversation is about five minutes and if you pass five minutes what usually it's not that they can't talk more but when something's very emotional Past, past five minutes, you lose the essence of the message. You lose the, the strength of the message that you're trying to get across. So what they usually say is, if you're going to have a conversation, limit it to the most important facts. Don't go into the details, the nitty gritty, and then drone it out for about two to three hours. Because what ends up happening is that you lose the person and you lose the real reason why you're talking to that person, which is to feel validated, to feel supported, to, to have a type of conversation where you can communicate more effectively. Well, uh, John's texting. He's a lawyer and he says, based on my legal experience, unfortunately, women usually don't forgive and don't forget. What are your thoughts on that? 4001. And uh, one person saying when we're talking about uh, uh, the listener earlier who said my greatest fear in a relationship is financial dependency. And uh, somebody's saying here, I believe that a stay at home mom or dad gets paid more than any job in the market, not exactly with money in the traditional sense, but through a fulfillment of purpose. Working people go their whole lives without without this fulfillment. But we had a question here uh, regarding somebody who says, I've been diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea and I have anxiety pangs after eating food. Um, I have dyspepsia and this condition which is called um, obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, I have nausea as well after eating food. So is this normal, doctor? This can be typical of uh, individuals who are who are um, diagnosed with dyspepsia because it's it's basically indigestion or heartburn, and so what usually happens, especially with with the lack of proper sleep, is that the fear starts to take over, so anxiety starts to take over, and so you first start with you know that that. Um, uncomfortable feeling in the, in the pit of your stomach and then it turns into nausea and it turns into eventually maybe throwing up. So what I usually suggest for that is we have to work on the anxiety and remember that this is purely the fear of the heartburn, the fear of the indigestion, the fear of the um, 
the reaction that your body's going to have with the food that you're you're eating. So it's about reducing that type of anxiety to minimize the the development of extra symptoms. Mm, mm. And sometimes what can happen is you then don't want to eat because you don't want to feel bad right. after you've eaten and then you start to lose some weight you're not getting the nutrients right. you need and plus you're not sleeping then well. you're not sleeping well right. so everything starts to contribute to mm-hmm. you then feeling anxious and so it all is connected of course of course so uh yeah to sort of work on the anxiety then and to um what kind of thing would you do then when it comes to helping somebody sort of reprogram their the way they're thinking and feeling well, first, I would start off with a food diet, uh, food diary. Sorry, in in that sense, I would write down the food that that increases that indigestion and that heartburn, and then I would write down the food that keeps it calmer. And start with uh, increasing the food that keeps it calm versus eating the things that make it that uh, stir it up. And then definitely, I would get some exercise. Exercise really helps. The breathing techniques are very helpful. So breathing in a very meditative sort sort of sense calms your um, uh, the the likelihood of you developing some sort of anxiety symptoms. And in the end, that's what fear is or anxiety is. It's just our physical symptoms um, actually make us feel anxious rather than that feeling of anxiety actually existing. So that it's the physical sense. If we can control the physical sense, we can control the amount of anxiety that he's feeling. So I would suggest breathing in a meditative state, exercising and eating um, keeping a diary of, of what foods help and what foo- foods hurt and increasing those that help. Keep your questions coming in on 4001. And now, talking about fear in relationships, what is it that you're fearful of, do you think? A main thing that kind of you worry about when it comes to your relationship. Somebody said indifference. I worry that uh, eventually or one day my partner's going to just be indifferent towards me, that the love, the way we are will change. And I think that is something that I'm sure a lot of people feel is, especially when you're very happy and you have a really great relationship, is to, uh, it's an interesting how sometimes human beings will then think not the worst but start to worry that you know how long will this last right. I'm so fortunate I'm so blessed I don't want anything to ever come along and ruin what I have but maybe that will happen right and that goes back to the self-fulfilling prophecy where you are so fearful of something that you start to change your behavior which eventually leads your fear to actually happen and so what what is important is, you know, the idea of the feeling of indifference. That's that's a fear that I hear a lot from both sides, both men and women. And we need to remember that it's not just women that have these fears, but men have these fears as well. They may not show it. They may not talk about it. They may not uh, overtly display it, but they do have the fear that their their spouse is going to leave them. They have the fear that their spouse doesn't care or doesn't love them anymore. So the fears are shared, but if the communication is broken down, if it's ineffective, it becomes very difficult and what, and what they fear the most ends up happening. Well, let's have a listen now to Adam LaDolce, who is explaining what he believes is the thing that men fear. He gives us, um, I, I think we've got about eight tips that he's um, advising on what he believes men are fearful of in a relationship. So have a listen to this. Now, I know this sounds just like a little bit hyperbolic, but I promise you, every single guy who's experienced relationships in his life at one point in time or another has dealt with every single one of these fears. I promise you, every single one of these fears at one point in time or another. And by the way, the women that are watching this right now might also experience these same fears. But of course, since this is for you women, then I'm going to hone it in on just the male gender a little bit. So as you might imagine, this list is a little bit long, so I'm going to jump right into it. The first one is the fear of loss of freedom. I think we can all agree that single life is infinitely more flexible than being in a relationship. 
Cause I'm free falling. If the dating thing doesn't work out, go and become a musician. Done. So if you end up getting into a relationship with a guy and you end up being part of his life, just remember that you are only a part of his life. You are not all of his life and that's perfectly okay and that's perfectly healthy. The third one is the fear of having a needy girlfriend. Now relationships naturally create dependencies on one another and that's perfectly okay. But men are also terrified that if he opens up to you just a little bit too much, then you're never going to let him go. So be sure to give him some of that breathing space that he needs as he gets to know you more and don't forget to live your own life. And remember, no man wants a life with you unless you have an incredible life without him. Number four, a lot of men fear that his girlfriend is going to cheat on him. This doesn't need some big explanation. Don't be sketchy. Don't cheat. Period. Relationship lesson number one. Number five is the fear of heartbreak. Now everything that we do in life is to either pursue pleasure or to avoid pain. And if he's been heartbroken in the past or in a past relationship, he may look at you as being just another source of potential pain rather than the source of happiness. And if he doesn't quite trust you yet because of his kind of tough relationship past, that's perfectly okay and it's perfectly natural. Give him a little bit of time to heal and slowly but surely work on earning that trust. Before you know it, he'll come around. Numero seis. Number six is the fear of not being well established yet. So even in the 21st century, men do have this primal instinct to want to provide for a woman, even if she doesn't need him to provide for her. And we don't really feel like a real man until we're actually able to do that. So if he's not quite established on the work front, he might just be a little bit nervous jumping headfirst into a relationship with you. Number seven. Number seven is the fear of vulnerability. Ugh. Men are raised to be strong, to be tough. We don't show any weakness. But we all know that once we get to be a little bit more emotionally intimate with you, then we're going to have to share some things with you that might scare you off and we're going to have to show a little bit of that emotional weakness. And that's scary to a lot of guys. So they hide. Number eight. Number eight is the fear of change. Let me tell you, going from the I'm going to party every single night and be single crazy party animal type of dude to the I'm going to go apple picking every single weekend, post those pictures on Facebook relationship guy, that can be a very big transition for a lot of guys out there. And I think what a lot of women don't realize is that it's not like we don't want that change. It's just that change can be hard sometimes for a lot of guys and they're just not quite used to it. Hmm. The final one. The last one is the fear of losing other relationships that they have in their life. We all know that when you invest yourself in a very serious committed relationship, sometimes you end up investing less in other platonic relationships that you have in life. And that can be kind of a tough pill to swallow at first for a lot of guys when they're starting to get serious with a woman. So there you have it. Nine relationship fears that most men have. And now that you're aware of these fears, now it's your job to just be a little bit more empathetic if he's just a little bit hesitant to jumping headfirst into a relationship with you. So that's what men fear, according to Adam LaDolce. Uh, do you agree with those fears? Um, he says there he's very much addressing this to women regarding men's fears. I think many people would agree that uh, you could apply those fears to men and women. Um, but your thoughts, Dr. Thurai, on some of his points? You know, interestingly enough, a lot of the points, well, actually, I would have to say all of the points that he mentioned, I've heard in sessions. So a lot of these, and but not just from women and not just from men, but also from women. I mean, definitely the number one would be cheating. I mean, mm. most people are scared that people, that their partner is going to cheat on them because it's not just that physical betrayal. It's that 
they weren't good enough and that's what they feel. Mm. Um, or to go to the other side is that that person is a bad person and what does that say about my judgment for picking that person? So it depends how you react to it but cheating is definitely one of the biggest fears that we hear about. Um, the loss of freedom also is very important. That I like what he said to be a part but not all of his life which is true because most people say, you know, I want him to put me first. Well, that's not possible. Can't always be first in everything, especially if a man is working. His work has to be first at some point. Maybe the kids have to be first at some point. Maybe his family. So you can't be first all the time and expect that all the time. And I think most people do expect that. I think it's a difficult one to to kind of get your head around when you're in a relationship and particularly if you have made a commitment to each other and you're married and you have children is that idea that you know if I have a problem you should be there to help me with that problem but you know life is busy and like you can't and and I think in the beginning of a relationship when it's all throws and you're fully into it I think that people um it's almost like a drug people want to be with that person 24 7 yes and you know ironically when we when we look at the the research it shows that the same brain circuitry that um that that is used for addictions is the same thing for a relationship is that that pleasure um that pleasure area and that pleasure sensory i mean we have we get so addicted we have the same reaction that we would to a drug and so um when it comes to relationships exactly what you're saying is that we have that addiction that we always want to be with them we always want to see them we're just so excited to be around them you know and a lot of people say well that's what love is well not necessarily because love also means understanding, means compassion. So we're just listening there to Adam LaDolce's uh, theories on what men fear, particularly in a new relationship. Uh, they can be both wonderful and terrifying new relationships, but he explains the relationship fears that all men have and why men fear commitment. And Dr. Tarai, you were saying that he, you've heard every one of those in mm-hmm. your sessions at the clinic uh, and from both men and women, but focusing on men and uh the the fear of change is something that comes right. up. You mentioned freedom, the loss of freedom. The idea of change as well can be an issue. Of course, because in general, people are scared of change because it's the unknown. It's, it's uncharted territory. And so they don't know what to expect from the consequences. They don't know how they're going to react. So the change is definitely an issue for most people. And it's important to give time. And I think that's what Adam was saying. He was saying that it's not about just you know, don't let, don't change anything in his life. It's about give them time to adjust, allow, uh, be more understanding that these fears exist and that it, and they need to be worked through and not just sort of expected that they, that they move past them. Um, another one that he said was not being needy. And I think that's such an important one because for, for both sides, actually, but when we're talking about men, giving that breathing space because most men feel very suffocated. They say, well, you know, like I work at home. I mean, I work so hard and then I come home and she expects me to do everything, you know, fix this and fix that. And let's go through this list and let's go through that list. And they say, I can't even breathe. I mean, she can't do these things on her own. And then when I'm at work, she's calling me 60 times a day, you know. So that kind of um, dependency where everything is dependent on either his opinion or his doing that most men find that very difficult to 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 deal with because they don't know that. I mean, a because it, it puts a lot of stress on them, but also it, it it hurts the relationship because they feel like, you know what I need. 
I, I know I need to be the man, mm. which, which is what he was saying, that, that primal sort of being, that I am the man and I'm going to take care of you. But at the same time, they also need somebody to take care of them. I think that's an important thing to remember is that, and it came up in this as well, you know, vulnerability, they feel vulnerable as well. They feel scared as well. So allow for that. But coming back on the neediness, it's a difficult one to... Um, define that word needy because when we were talking earlier about the gentleman that had written about kind of getting it wrong about how to behave around a woman in a relationship uh, and saying that you know they hadn't communicated in the correct way but when his partner was kind of um, causing arguments and wanting to talk and wanted him to react in a certain way it was actually her way of saying I'm fearful that you're going to leave me Mm -hmm. so when there is neediness there it's I can understand why one person might go I, in fact, behave the opposite to what that person really wants, which is I'm now going to get as far, far away from you as possible because I can't deal with this neediness. When actually the person that's being needy probably needs them absolutely to be there for the worst thing they could do is leave them. Right. And, you know, and, and that's I think moderation is the key there. So if you're needy all the time, if you need something every single minute of every single day, what happens there is that what you need is no longer of importance. It's it, the emphasis is not put on what you need. It's just, it's sort of latching on and hip to hip sort of uh, behavior. But when when you are in need of something, especially if it's emotional or if it's just mental, then if it's if it's sporadic, it's, if it's few and far between, it becomes different. It becomes something that's very important to your partner. It becomes something that they're willing to discuss. It's it's something that they're willing to give time to. But if it's a constant, constant, constant that need what ends up happening is they're like oh it's just one of those things again Mm. right so it's not really important anymore Mm. so when it's about moderating it's about really understanding what is it that you truly need i mean do you really need him to screw in the light bulb do you really need him to decide on the kids um birthday party or do you really i mean are those really needs that you have or is it more important for you to need him for emotional support when something really bothers when you it's really important right. it's a good point isn't it? i think that yeah it really makes for women to sort of think actually how do i behave around what pressure do i put on my partner what, you know how do i make my how do i express what i want from my partner and to not alienate them in that way and again goes back to that you know give them space mm-hmm. they need to have some space it's not always about you and your relationship uh interesting areas um bob's text in to say um that guy was right on for a good person that's what is happiness with a relationship like i heard one time if you want to sit around talking about your relationship marry a woman so i think he's saying it's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> i think so <laughs> i'm not yeah i, th- I think it is i mean what I'm guessing that this person is saying is that, you know, you have to, um, well, I'm, I'm hoping, let's say, I think it's important that happiness is very important in a relationship, but you have to work at that happiness. And if you want to um, be in a relationship, you have to marry the right person. It's not just about marrying just any woman. It's just about marrying the right woman and marrying the right man for you not in general, but just for you, people that understand you, that you're able to communicate with, that you're able to um, sort of open up to and not be judged in that moment. Um, I'm hoping that's what he's saying at least. (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think that if the people are agreeing with what Adam LaDolce was saying is that, um, 
you know, be aware that we men, just like women, have their insecurities, have their fears, have their concerns. They're human, just like you. Sometimes I think it's like, oh, it's the women that are having all that feeling and the men are just kind of getting on with it right but they do feel those things as well of course and you know and we have to appreciate the amount of work that both of them put into the relationship we're not saying that men have more pressure and stress than women do at all women have just as much stress and pressure at home dealing with the kids taking care of the house making sure that things are done all of these things are extremely important they're equally important that's very important to understand equally important however When you're done with your day, when a mother is done with her day at home with the kids, when she puts them to bed, she's done. At that point, she's done. When a man finishes his work and he comes home and all he hears about is the the troubles of the day and what happened with the kids and all the negativity, he's not done yet. And so there has to be, and that's okay to discuss those things. We're not saying don't discuss them. We're just saying give him a grace period to relax. Give him a grace period to to detach from work and to de-stress before discussing in a calm fashion what happened at home and all the the issues that you're going through as well. I mean, it's important that both parties have that time to de-stress and to relax. Well, one of our listeners is saying, oh my goodness, this sounds like me asking hubby to do things after he comes home and calling him at work, but not out of neediness. It's out of juggling work, children and home. And she kind of says, ah, you know, it's difficult, isn't <laughs> of course, it? Of course, it's very difficult, you know, and, and we, we're not trying to minimize the amount of work that people put into, into their days here, in, especially in Dubai, because, you know, the distances are far and the work is demanding. And so, so we understand all of that, but that doesn't mean that, you know, when it comes to the relationship, you shouldn't work on it and understand that there are things that need to be done to to help the relationship work. I mean, it doesn't it's not an excuse. We're trying to say here that they're not excuses. We understand that these things happen, but these things happen and you can get through them in a different way. Just that, that's all that we're saying. Uh, Fazil says, yeah, it's worth noting that men in relationships also need their own space too. Uh, they need time. Uh, so very much echoing what Adam Adolte was saying in his piece about what men fear in a relationship. And Mark says, I wish my wife was listening to this show. All very true. Well, you know what, Mark? It's podcast. So if you want to listen to the show again or, uh, you know, discreetly, subtly, uh, or even obviously, send it over <laughs> to your wife um, <laughs> via the link, then it will be podcast by mid-afternoon today, as all the shows are on Dubai Eye. So if you uh, always want to catch up with shows at a later date, just go to DubaiEye1038.com and you can click on the podcast there on the homepage, or you can go to the Dubai Today page and find out more about what we're doing here on the show, blogs, pictures, and uh, interesting facts that we don't get to always live on air. And you can link in to the Dubai Today podcast there as well.